are. We are back. Welcome back to Sports with Jesus, baby. Welcome back to Sports with Jesus. Oh, we're back, man. We're back with episode number eight. You know, one after seven, uh, two after six, you know, four plus four equals eight, man. Quick maths. You know what I'm saying? But just, you know, welcome back. Welcome back for, you know, another episode of Sports with Jesus. And, you know, I just, you know, I don't even know what to say right now, man. I'm just going to get right into it. You know, I just want to say from the last episode, you know, uh, we've had some fun times. You know, we've we've had some good times and we have some bad times, you know. But, you know, uh, life goes on. (laughs) Sorry, I don't really have much of an intro. Uh, but I'll just tell you what's been going on. You know, I went to Coney Island uh, a couple days ago to see my boy Chris. My boy Chris and my boy Justin. Uh, Chris is uh, is one of my my uh, my classmates from high school. And we also played on the baseball team together in high school in Truman. Uh, so, you know, I went to go support him in uh, what can potentially be his last game of his college career. Uh, so, you know, I went over there to Coney Island, you know, I, um, I put my plans to the side, you know, and I made this a priority and I went to go see my boy Chris, you know, because I never really got to see him pitch at the college level. So, you know, I wanted to really see him pitch and um, what, a, what no, no other better game to go than, you know, the last game, the championship game, you know, so I made it happen and, you know, I got to see my boy Chris pitch, you know, um. And he just showed a lot of heart out there, you know. He left it all out there, and it was just an honor to watch him. You know, he's he's he's. He, I grew up with him, you know, in uh, in Truman. You know, and it was just fun. It was just fun to see him out there. Uh, you know, my boy, he throws some gas. He 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 was looking pretty good out there. Shout out to my boy Chris. Also, shout out to my boy Justin, uh, who I played uh, a year with in BCC. Uh, he was the second baseman on our team, and um, you know I went over there to support him too. My fellow Bronco, uh, my he was also the captain of the team, El Capi. So uh, you know it was really fun to watch these guys play and compete out there, man. It was just beautiful. Uh, happy Mother's Day! Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. After you know Mother's Day, which was on this Sunday. Um, you know, beautiful stuff. Mother's Day is great. Mother's Day is always great. Um, another thing that has been going on is, uh, you know, I saw Guardians of the Galaxy a couple days ago. Um, you know, it was pretty fun. Uh, I had a good time. You know, pretty fun movie. And, uh, you know, life, uh, you know, life's been good. Life's been pretty good. You know, I've been working hard, um, you know, trying to get this podcast on the road, you know, back on track, getting myself back in the gym. You know, I went a couple of days ago. Um, you know, I should be going every day, but, you know, it's you versus you, and you is winning right now, you know. So it's me versus me, you versus you, you know, and I'm losing. <laughs> I'm losing and I'm winning. But, uh, you know, the energy's been good. You know, we've been having good days at work. So, you know, we're just going to keep the the positive energy going and uh, you know we're gonna we're gonna get right into this podcast, man. We're gonna talk about the Knicks. We're gonna talk about the Mets. We're gonna talk about the Yankees. You know we're gonna talk about you know some good stuff that's been going on in the New York sports world. Um, you know, we're also gonna talk about the NBA playoff picture. You know who's who's the Final Four. Um, what are the standings looking like? My predictions. Uh, we're going to talk about the MOB league leaders, you know, every week, first episode of every week, uh, we discuss who's leading the league in stats in the MOB. Uh, we're going to talk about the standings and, uh, you know, we're going to get into the, the Lord's word, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, we're just going to, we're going to take it nice and easy on this, uh, this first episode back. Um, you know, thank you guys again for tuning in. Uh, we're going to get right into it, man. Let's get it. So we're going to get the bad stuff out of the way first. Bad stuff out of the way because, you know, it's been a tough time uh, recuperating or, yeah, however you say that word, recoup. 
uh, I don't know how I don't know I forgot how to say the word recuperating I don't know we're recovering so let's just keep it simple we're recovering um long story short the Knicks got eliminated guys the Knicks got eliminated in six games to the Miami Heat in a series that they should have won on paper they should have won um, but you know we're not gonna make any we're not gonna make any excuses. Uh, then you know the Knicks just didn't execute. The three point shooting came back to haunt them. They they didn't really have too many shooters. Um, you know Miami Heat they just uh, you know they got a superstar man. They got a superstar, and you know they got key role players and people who can knock it down. You know Bam Adebayo is also a great uh, is also a great player. Um, but we'll talk about next game five. So next game five was fun, man. That was the game. That was uh, last Wednesday. Uh, that's when I released um, an episode that day. Uh, the Knicks law. The Knicks won this game to stay alive and force a game six, one twelve to one hundred three. It was a pretty one sided affair. But in the fourth quarter, you know, oh my God, this guy Duncan Robinson, man, this guy Duncan Robinson came in and just started shooting the lights out. He started shooting the lights out, and the Heat made it a very close game. After the first quarter, you thought, you know, the Knicks were out of it. They out they got outscored 24-14. to 14. In the second quarter, however, they bounced back. Oh, man, it was just, it was beautiful to watch. Uh, Brunson had a, had a great game as always. You know, he was carrying this team. Randall had a solid game, too. He was knocking it down from three. RJ knocking it down for three. But, you know, Brunson, the main guy, is just, uh, you know, just killing it, man. This guy's a superstar, man. He, he He's he's going to be, he's going to play a really important piece in the next playoff run for years to come, man. I'm really glad we got Brunson. I've become a fan of, I've become a fan of him. Um, he's just... He's just a great player, man. He's so shifty. He 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 plays with so much heart, and you know he's just a great player, man. But nonetheless, you know the Knicks went on to win Game Five, one twelve to one o three. But this guy Duncan Robinson made it close. He knocked down five threes, and he made it really close, man. I thought the Knicks were gonna lose and you know choke the lead at the end because they haven't really. You know, they haven't really been coming through in these close games against the Miami Heat. But, you know, the Knicks prevailed, and they forced the game six, man. And it was just a beautiful game. It was a beautiful game. Brunson had 38 points. Randall had 24 points. And RJ had 26 points. Uh, Julius, uh, Jalen Brunson played all 48 minutes of that game. He played all 48 minutes of that game. Quentin Grimes also played 48 minutes in that game. And he also, he got, he had one of the biggest plays of this whole playoffs, man, for the Knicks. Um, he had he got a game-sealing steal from Jimmy Butler after he had bumped knees. And, you know, he was on the ground, man. He was in pain, and he got up real fast, defended Jimmy one-on-one, and he got the steal. He got the steal, and he sealed the game for us, man. So... You know, Quentin Grimes played a huge part. Even though he only scored eight points that game, um, he still he still played an impure, an important part in this game five win. Next game six. Knicks trying to force a game seven, you know, after that huge win in MSG. Brunson. You know, in the fourth, in the so we're gonna t- just talk about uh, whatever, man. They lost, they lost ninety six to ninety two, and in all honesty, you know, Brunson he had no help, he had no help whatsoever. He had forty one points, forty one points. The next leading scorer was Randall, and Randall had a horrible game that game, man. Randall had one of his bad games. You know, he gets down on himself. Uh, the energy just is it, contagious, and, you know, he just played horrible, man. He played horrible. RJ had a bad game, too. RJ had a really solid playoff, so, you know, I'm not I'm not really going to knock him. I've been knocking him for some time, but I saw some some great stuff from RJ this past this playoffs. 
Um, he had a really good playoffs, but you know the last game of the series, he 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 uh, he 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 didn't have a really good game. <clears throat> he scored eleven points, two rebounds, one assist. Uh, he went one from ten, one for ten from the field. Most of his points came from the free throw line, and it was just sad, man. It's just sad, you know, to see the the Knicks go. Um. You know, the Knicks really put up a good fight. You know, they, they they went up 14 in the first quarter. But it was just so bad, man, that the offense couldn't get going without Brunson, man. They go up for, they go up 14 points in the first quarter. Brunson goes to the bench. And then the Heat go and they go on a run and they take the lead. You know, they go on a run and they take the lead, man. But Brunson was just masterful, man. He went 14 of 22 from the field. He had 41 points, four rebounds, three assists. Yo, Jalen Brunson is a star. Jalen Brunson is a star, man. He's a star. Oh, man, he, he made it look so easy that game, man. And he was getting banged up. He drawed a lot of fouls. Oh, man, Jalen Brunson, yo, shout out to Jalen Brunson, man. Jalen Brunson is a stud, man. He's a stud. I freaking love that guy, man. I'm a huge fan. I'm a huge fan of Jalen Brunson, man. He left it all out there. You know, it sucks that he got the the final turnover to seal the game and the series. It sucks, man. It's, it just sucks. You know, he had the, you know, the Knicks had a chance to tie. And he turned it over. He tried to pass it to Randall off of a cut to the basket. And he turned it over and, you know. Game over right there, man. Series over after that steal. It's devastating. It's devastating to see that after he just had that master class of a game. Um, it all it all came down to that one play, and you know, it sucks that uh that he uh he turned it over. You know, Miami here are, are a really good team. Eric Spolstra, really good coach, really great coach. But um. You know, Knicks got to make some moves this season. I got a stat for you right here. So this is Julius Randle's stats in this year, regular season, compared to the playoffs. Julius Randle averaged 25 points in the regular season. In the playoffs, he averaged 16. His field goal percentage in the regular season was 45%. In the playoffs, 37. His three-point percentage in the regular season, 34%. In the playoffs, 25 He's got 10 rebounds in the regular season. In the postseason, 8 rebounds. He averaged 8 rebounds. So you could just see that it's a different story in the playoffs for Julius Randle. I don't know what is what gets into this guy or I don't know, man. It's just like he can't handle New York, man. And I don't want to see I don't want to see Julius Randle in a Nick uniform next year. I I hope not to see, but if I do, I would I, I want to see him play more downhill. You know, because he's a force to be reckoned with. You know, this guy is huge. He could he could shoot it. He could he could get to the basket, grab a lot of boards. You know, this guy he's a he's a physical presence. You know, but it's just his play style, man. He slows the game down a lot. You know, the defense gets set. Uh, he takes too much time on the shot clock, and he passes out last minute. Uh, it's just it's horrible watching Randall play on, on the offense, man, and orchestrate the offense. It's just they look very stagnant and. The, there's no ball movement. It's just, it's horrible, man. It's horrible. He cannot be the number one option. Brunson is now the number one option, and he's the number two. Um, RJ is going to come along. I I've ha I, I got very high hopes for RJ. You know, I, I, I know I used to, you know, rag on him a lot. I used to really, I used to really, you know, talk crap about him a lot. But, you know, he's come around. He's come around, and uh, he had a big playoffs. But, you know, the last game... Wasn't a really good game, but I'm I'm overall happy of what I saw from RJ Barrett. I'm I'm happy at his play style. He had a, he had a really solid, really solid playoff. So, shout out shout out to RJ, you know, really good stuff. But Julius Randle, man, I, that's the question, man. What are they gonna do with Julius Randle? And I don't know, man. I, I'm. I would get rid of that guy. I, I don't like I don't like Randall at all, man. I don't like I, as much as he, you know, he <clears throat> he played an important part in the Knicks playoff. 
I mean, in the Knicks regular season, you know, to make the playoffs. But it's just, uh, I don't know, man. He, he just gets down on himself. I don't like the way he plays basketball, man. If he were to play more downhill and more aggressive, driving to the hole, ha uh, making quick decisions, then, you know, he'll be a lot better. Because when he does that, you know, he's he he's pretty hard to defend. But when you take your time, you know, you hold the ball, you survey you survey the floor, you know, you give time to, you give time to the defense to set up and, you know, communicate and, you know, discuss uh the helps and the switches and all that stuff. And it just slows the game down and, you know, you get your team out of sync and out of rhythm. So, I don't know what they're going to do with Julius Randle. Um you know, Randle's good, man. I like I like Randle. He's all right, but I don't know, and most of the most I really don't like him for mostly, but Randall's pretty good. You know? It's just I don't know, man. I feel like he gets in his own head. He gets in his own head. He's his worst enemy. We all are, but for him, you know, you can, when you in playing when you playing basketball, man, you can't you can't be your worst enemy, man. You you gotta you gotta be you gotta be confident. Cause it's all confidence, man. You know. Let's say you you turn it over, right? Next play, you you you're still in the game. You still got more time left. There's still time left. You know, think about the next play. Think about the next game. Don't don't get caught up on the past and you know stuff that already happened. You know, you can't be worrying about that. It already happened. You can't change it. You can't do nothing about it. So why even worry about it? You know, you could you could bring that into life too. You know, life life throws a lot of obstacles at you. You know, you just life goes on, man. The past is the past. You know, you don't worry about the past. You don't worry about the past. You don't think about the past. You don't get caught up in the past. You know, you worry about what's next or what's coming. But yeah, man, you know, the Knicks got eliminated in six games. I love I love what I saw from the Knicks. Um, I'm really happy from this playoff run. You know, my first my first act my first time actually watching the Knicks you know this is like the second time the last time I watched them was when the when when like Melo was when when they when they played the Pacers you know back in like 2013 and stuff Melo got hurt you know his shoulder whatever but um you know that was the last time I really locked in on the playoffs on the Knicks but you know I'm a diehard I love the Knicks man I'm from New York New York or nothing New York or nothing baby so shout out to the Knicks uh, really good stuff this playoffs. You know, they could they had a chance. They had a chance, man. They had a solid chance, man. They had a solid chance of winning. But it's all good, man. Uh we're gonna talk about the the playoff picture and how it's looking right now. Uh the last four teams. The last four teams are the Denver Nuggets in the Western Conference, the number one seed against the number seven seed. The Los Angeles Lakers. Wow, I can't believe the Lakers got it this far, man. I cannot I cannot survive another Laker championship with LeBron on that team, man. I cannot survive it. Is it I have someone in my job who's a diehard LeBron fan. And I just I, I wouldn't be able to stand it, man. I, it, it'll be crazy. Uh in the East, um, you know, the Miami Heat, they defeated the Knicks to move on to the conference finals. Celtics. The Boston Celtics defeated the Philadelphia 76ers in seven games to go to the conference finals. So right now is the Miami Heat and the Boston Celtics. Miami Heat and the Boston Celtics in the conference finals, man. And Miami Heat won game one yesterday. So, you know, that says a lot, man. Yo, the Knicks, if the Knicks, yo, if the... If the Heat win it all, I, I I think the Heat have the possibility of winning it all. Celtics could also win it all. Then I, I like the Nuggets too. The Nuggets are looking good too, man. Jokic is on a different level. There's no stopping that guy, man. There's no stopping Nikola Jokic. He's he's the man. He should have won MVP this year too, man. Three time MVP, and he would have got his ring. So my predictions for, you know, the Heat and Celtics, I think that that series is going to go to six or seven. All right, let's 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 pick one. I'm going to say six. I'm going to say I'm gonna say the Miami Heat and six, man. Miami Heat and six. You know, Jimmy Butler is on a different level right now. 
the Celtics can't find their offense. Tatum is not having a good, uh, you know, postseason. Even though he dropped 50 points in Game 7 against the Sixers. That's one game, man. I get it's a Game 7 to move on to the conference finals. But most of the time, Jason Tatum has been struggling. He's been struggling most of the time in this postseason. And, you know, the games have been closed for the Boston Celtics. Last game, yesterday, he had zero field goals in the fourth quarter. So, you know, it's uh, it's tough, man. It's tough. It's going to be a great series. I'll say the Miami Heat in six. Uh, the Nuggets, I'll say the Nuggets in six as well. Um, And then we'll talk about the finals later when the time comes. But I got the Heat winning in and I got the Nuggets. I, I want... I, th- I want Jimmy Butler to get his ring, you know. I like Jimmy Butler, but I also like Jokic too, man. So, I don't know, man. It's tough. It's fun. You know, it's good to I'm not going to be watching it. You know, I'll probably, you know, catch a glimpse of it here and there. But um, maybe I'll watch the finals. But I'm not going to be watching it that much. Uh, let's go on to baseball, man. Let's go on to baseball. MLB, Major League Baseball. ba 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 Let's go, baby. Welcome to the Major League Baseball segment in sports with Jesus, man. We're going to we're gonna start off with the league leaders, man. This is what we do weekly, man. We, we talk about, we discuss the league leaders in Major League Baseball right now. Who's leading the league in stats? Average. We got Luis Arellas. Luis Arellas. I'm tired of saying that name, man. Get this guy out of here. He's playing on the Marlins. He's killing it right now. He's batting 389. So Luis Arellas is leading the league in the average with 389. Alonzo, my boy Pete, big me Pete, leading the league in home runs with 15. 15 home runs. Adolis Garcia, man, I, I be getting a lot of notifications about this guy driving and runs, hitting home runs, winning the game. This guy is hot right now. He's one of the best hitters in the game right now. Not of all time, you know, but he's he's hot as hell right now. So Adolis Garcia from the Texas Rangers is leading the league in RBIs with 46. My boy Pete Alonzo is top four, and uh, he's got 36. Um, let's go to pitching, man. The pitching stats, man. Leading the league in the ERA is Sonny Gray with a 1.64 ERA. Wins. We got Shane McClanahan with seven wins from the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, uh, Sonny Gray is a pitcher from the Minnesota, Minnesota, Minnesota Twins. Leading the league in strikeouts is Spencer Strider, man. A second year ball player. From the Atlanta Braves. He's got 86 strikeouts, man. Garrett Cole is number six with uh, 68. But Spencer Strider is having a really good season, man. And last but not least, we got saves. We got saves. The league leader in saves. Emmanuel Class A. Probably the best closer in the baseball right now. He's got 14 saves. So, nice job to those guys. Now, we're going to talk about the standings. Where are the teams? Where Where's everyone at? Where's everyone at? Who, who's the best team in baseball right now? Well, I'll tell you the best team in baseball. It's the Tampa Bay Rays. The Tampa Bay Rays have the best record in baseball. They have 32 wins and 12 losses. And they're leading the AL East. The AL Central. You got the Minnesota Twins. Leading the pack with 24 wins and 20 losses. The AL West. You got the Texas Rangers. The Texas Rangers leading this division with 26 wins and 17 losses. Yo, the Texas Rangers, they got some hitters, man. They got some hitters over there. They got some good pitching as well. Uh, Wait till they get the Grom back. Texas Rangers looking pretty good. The NL East, National League. The National League East, we got the Atlanta Braves leading the pack with 27 wins, 16 losses. NL Central, we got the Milwaukee Brewers with 24 wins, 19 losses. And the NL West, you got the Dodgers 
Los Angeles Dodgers. The Dodgers. With 28 wins and 16 losses. So, pretty good teams out there, you know? Pretty good stats. We're going to get into Yankees versus Blue Jays series. Yankees versus Blue Jays. Yankees lose yesterday after a walk-off three-run homer from Danny Dranson. I didn't watch the game. I didn't watch the game. So why am I talking about it? I didn't watch the game. They from New York, man. New York or nothing. You know, I'm going to talk about New York and everything that's going on. How you doing? Forget about it. Um, so, you know, I'm going to talk about everything Yankees. I mean, everything New York. But, you know, I did. I wasn't able to watch the game. I wasn't able to watch the game. Well, frankly, I, I didn't want to watch the game because it was on Amazon Prime. And we're not going to we're just not going to support it. We're not going to support baseball going into these streaming devices, man. This is these streaming services. I hate it, man. The the future, man. We things are getting digital. You know, everything is changing. You know, nothing's on cable anymore. Nothing's on TV. I get it. It's a business, but I pay for cable and not Amazon Prime. So I wasn't able to watch the game. I could have watched. I could have rewatched it. You know, they did a replay at uh, 11 p.m. Um, for the Yankees. I could have watched it, but, you know, it was a really slow game. Yankees only got three hits. Um, Blue Jays got 10. Blue Jays got 10 hits. Yankees got three hits. And, uh, you know, Yankees lose yesterday off of a a walk-off homer, a walk-off three-run homer from Danny Jansen. The Yankees won the first two games. Uh, Judge had three home runs within those first two games. Uh, so the Yankee bats are coming alive. You know, it's good to see. They've been struggling at the plate. But ever since Judge has gotten back, you know, uh, the, the the offense has turned around, simply turned around. Bader is also playing a huge part. Um, but the offense is, uh, you know, it's pretty good. Anthony Rizzo won player of the week last week. So Stanton is, uh, you know, still a long way to go. But, you know, he's still lurking around there. But, yeah, the Yankees... Uh, Play the series finale today. Look at the guy the series win. <gasps> I'm sorry, guys. Early in the morning, you know what I'm saying? I'm sorry. Very unprofessional, man. I need to stop that. But uh, it is what it is. But as I was saying, uh, the Yankees uh, won the first two games. They lost the third one. They're playing the fourth one today. They look to get the series W uh, and avoid the split. Um, we're gonna go to the Mets, man. So the Mets are playing the Tamp. The Mets welcome in the Tampa Bay Rays, the best team in baseball, to City Field. To City Field, man. To City Field. Um, I was only, well, we're going to talk about game two and then we'll talk about game three, which happened yesterday. So game two, one second, one second, whoa, 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 what am I talking about game two? Hmm, what am I, yes, I'm talking about game two. So the first game of the series, uh, Verlander's on the mound, um, you know, I was I wasn't watching most of the game, but I was only I was only to ca- I I wanted to catch Verlander's outing. I want to see how he's pitching. I want to see how he's looking, how he's locating. That's mainly what I wanted to see. Um, but the Mets are playing the Rays. You know, the team with the best offense, eighty-one homers in the league, with the third lowest payroll. So that means they have the the third lowest budget. To get players and create some some type of team, the Mets, however, have the the number one budget. Well, the 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 I'm not. Sh- Let's see right now who has the highest payroll. I'm pretty sure it's the Mets or probably the Yankees or the Dodgers. Yeah, the Mets. Yeah, the Mets have the highest payroll. Mets have the highest payroll with three hundred and fifty-three million. 
to use or that's what they're spending this year to pay off their players. And the Tampa Bay Rays are only using 73 million. 73 million, man, to form this team. And they're the number one team in the in, in the league right now. They're the number one team in the league. And they their numbers offensively are just scary, man. Like scary. Let me just read you what's going on, man. Their runs per game. This is their ranking. They score six and six. They score six runs a game. That's second in the AL ranking. Their average, their team average is 275. That's first in the AL ranking. Their average with runners in scoring position is 276. That's fourth in the AL ranking. Home runs, they have 81 home runs. That's first. OPS on base plus slugging percentage is 856. That's first in the AL. Stolen bases, they have 39. That's fourth in the AL. So they're top five in basically almost every offensive category. And they're the best team in the league. You know, there's nothing else to say. You know, they're the best team in the league. And, you know, what they're doing over there is just very inspirational. You know, they play good baseball over there. They play good baseball. I like the manager over there, Kevin Cash. But they play really good baseball over there, man. The Mets, you know, they're struggling. Uh, yesterday, you know, it ended, but, uh, you know, the Mets had a streak of 51 consecutive innings without a home run. Their last home run came last Wednesday, so a week ago from yesterday, against the Cincinnati Reds, you know. So, you know, the, that just shows you what type of season the Mets are having so far. They haven't won a series since the Dodgers series and, you know, back in mid-April. It's just been tough for the Mets right now. The bats haven't been going. The the pitching. They have a 7.93 ERA in the first inning. So these guys cannot get out the first inning unblemished. So, you know, Verlander gets the start after making two road starts, notching his first win with the Mets. He's looking to get the Mets back on track, man. He's making his home debut. So the Mets are 20 and 22 well, 20, uh, well, right now the Mets, well, this is, this is referring to, you know, um, Wednesday, but as of now, the Mets are 21 and 23. The Mets have a 7.93 ERA in the first inning. So it's just, it's just tough. It's been tough, you know, for the Mets. They, they're always playing from behind, you know? So Verlander is uh is on the mound and he gets through the first inning, you know, after allowing two to get on, Verlander, you know, he he buckles down and he gets him out. In the second inning, he gets two Ks. He got two strikeouts. He's looking solid, you know, getting ahead of hitters. Um, you know, he's got a good fastball. I love I love his fastball and his aggression with his fastball. But uh <coughs> but you know, the Rays strike first. The Rays strike first. After Verlander leaves hanging curve. 3-0 Tampa. I think he should have went to the high fastball. You know, that's his bread and butter. Verlander's been getting work this inning. You know, throwing a lot of pitches. Not being able to locate his breaking pitches. And it shows, you know, with that three-run bomb. He left the hanging curve and the Rays made him pay. You know, the Mets not being much of help. As the bats aren't producing anything. Top fifth, Harold Ramirez hits an RBI single. The Rays are up 4-0. The Rays are up 4-0, and it's just been tough to watch. I think I fell asleep watching this game. I fell asleep watching this game, if I'm going to be honest. I fell asleep watching this game. You know, it's tough, man. The, the Mets offense is just looking really bad right now. So here's Verlander, and Verlander got Verlander got whacked up. You know, so this is his final line. He went five innings pitch. He had eight hits, six earned runs, two base on balls, three strikeouts, and he allowed three home runs. He allowed three home runs. You know, he now has a 4.76 ERA after the Cy Young year he had last year. Mets lose this game eight to five. 
You know, they fought back in the end, but they came up a bit short. Now we're on to game two of the series. This game, I saw the whole game. I was not playing around with this game. The Mets come in losing 8-5. to five. They look to even up the series with Kode Senga on the mound. Mets called up one of their top prospects um, Tuesday. Mark Vientos, a 23-year-old third baseman who's been lighting up AAA, batting three thirty-three with 13 homers and 37 RBIs. He gets the start at third, batting eighth. Beatty's on the bench. We got Kode Senga on the mound, probably the only bright signing or the only good thing with the Mets team right now or the only good thing that happened last season, last offseason, well, this past offseason, you know, for the Mets. They got this guy, Kode Senga. He's such a good pitcher. He has a good fastball, nice fork, but he has a, they call it the ghost fork. Um, He has a splitter, slider, curve. He's really good play. He's a really good pitcher to watch. I like watching Kode Senga. I'm a big fan. Um, his family's in attendance, you know, and he's looking to get the Mets back on track, you know, against the best team in the in the in the MLB, you know. So Kode Senga, he starts out strong with a strikeout. You know, Wander gets on. He steals second after getting walked, you know, and then Steng- and then Senga strikes out too. Mets up to bat. Lindor gets on. Lindor gets a base hit to right field off of a flare. And Escobar, Eduardo Escobar, who is at second, he doesn't score. He doesn't score. He doesn't score. He gets caught in between. He thinks it's going to be caught. He thinks it's going to be dropped. He gets caught in between, and he doesn't score on this flare to right field. He's got to score on that. That's horrible base running from Eduardo Escobar. And then right after, you know what happened? Pete Alonso comes up. He grounds into a double play, inning over. Mets don't score anything. Kode Senga back on the mound. He gets three straight strikeouts after allowing a hit. So Kode Senga is on, man. He's on. He's dealing. He's locating. Uh, he's getting ahead with the fastball. He's blowing it right by them. He's looking really solid out there. But the Mets can't back him up. Classic Mets. This is what they did to DeGrom. This is why DeGrom left. Because of the freaking run support. We got nope. We got nobody to, to give him any run support, man. You know, nothing, nothing so far. Kode has seven Ks. He has seven strikeouts already to open the fourth. Opening the fourth, he has seven strikeouts. He gives up to double to Lau. Uh Nathaniel Lau. Low. Nathaniel Low. And then Isak Paredes follows it up. You know, he's been very high. He's been killing us. He had two home runs uh, Tuesday night. He's been killing us. So he gives up a he gives up a double to Nathaniel Lau, Kode Senga, and then Isak Paredes follows it up with a double of his own, and they and the Rays take a one a one zero lead. This is a stat. So the Mets are playing their forty fourth game. And they've only scored first 15 times out of those 44 games. They scored first 15 times, and their opponent has scored 29 times. So the Mets have been playing from behind all all season, and today's no different. Today is no different, you know? Kode Senga's out here. He's dealing, man. He's dealing. He's dealing. He has 10 Ks after four and a half innings. The Mets bats are quiet. Mets bats are quiet. After six and a half, 12 Ks. 12 Ks. After six and a half innings, 12 Ks for Kode Senga. Man, he was he on yesterday. Man, didn't we needed it. His final line, six inning pitch, three hits, one run, three base on balls, and 12 Ks, man. 12 Ks, the most by any pitcher on the Mets this season. Nobody has even touched 10. Nobody has even touched 10 for the Mets in strikeouts. It's been tough for the Mets, man. The pitching has been tough. Scherzer has been tough. 
Verlander has been tough. We got the two highest paid pitchers in the league, and they're old. They're ready to go into the retirement home, man. These guys are freaking old as hell. You know, these guys, Max Scherzer, these guys, they used to be power pitchers, you know? They used to blow the fastball right by you with their stuff. Now they're now they're more of locating. You know, they're more of a pitch to contact. You know, they're getting old. You know, the pace of the game is catching up to them. Ah, oh, man. Mets have no pitching right now, man. But, you know, we got Kode Senga. Kode Senga. He was in complete control. You know, he threw 102 pitches. You know, what a performance from Senga, man. He located most of his pitches, all of his pitches, if I'm going to be honest. Um, he blow, he, he was blowing it by hitters with his fastball. You know, and this is a great team. That is, this is a really good fastball hitting team. So, you know, it's not easy. You know, so he had a really solid outing, you know, six in each pitch, 12 Ks. Brigham comes into relief. You know, Mets bullpen, was, which has also been tough. You know, it's just, oh, man. Man, oh, man. Mets have no pitching at all, man. It's, it's, it's rare to talk about Mets good pitching. Oh, man. Man, oh, man. So, Kole Senga comes in. I mean, Jeff Brigham comes in. Let me get his name right. I'm pretty sure it's Jeff Brigham. His name is Jeff Brigham. Jeff Brigham comes in, and what does he do? He allows a home run to Jose Siri. Jose Siri hits a home run, raise up 2-0. Next half inning, Mark Vientos, he gets called up yesterday. He gets put in the lineup today. And he hits a two-run homer in his first big league game this season to tie the game at two. Man, was I hyped, man. Man, was I hyped watching that, man. I saw that live, man. I saw that live. I love watching stuff live, man. So he gets called up yesterday. He gets put in the lineup today as in yesterday. And he hits a two-run homer in his third at-bat of the season. And he ties the game at two, man. Man, did the Mets need this offense. Because nobody and simply nobody is hitting right now. So now it's the eighth inning. Top eighth. Adam Adovino comes in. Adam Adovino has been solid. But, you know, his delivery to the plate is so slow. If somebody gets on, they're automatically stealing second. And they might even steal third because of how slow he is to the plate. So eighth inning comes. Adam Adovino comes in. He allows a walk, a stolen base. And then what happens? A two-run homer. A two-run homer. Raise up 4-2. Adam allows three stolen bases, two runs, and he gets two strikeouts to finish the half inning. Raise up 4-2. Steven Nagosik comes in. And, uh, you know, nothing, nothing. No. Steven Nagosik comes in. And they score. They score. They score off of Steven Nagosik. Now the Bra- now the Rays are up 5-2. The Rays are up 5-2 coming into the bottom of the ninth. Bottom of the ninth, Mets get the first two on. They get the first two on with no outs. Brett Beatty comes, uh, comes in. Brett Beatty comes in uh, to pinch hit. He strikes out. And uh, Mark Vientos gets out as well. And now it's up to Francisco Alvarez. Another rookie catcher. 
Bottom of the ninth. Mets get the first two on. And Francisco Alvarez hits a clutch three-run homer to tie the game at 5-5. Wow, man. Wow. He ties it up 5-5. I'm watching this game, you know, and my mom comes in and I vent to her about some stuff. You know, people are sad. I'm sad. Things continue to pile on. And then wham, bam, thank you, Pam. Francisco Alvarez hits a three-run homer to tie the game up in the bottom of the ninth. Now, I'm not sad anymore. Uh. We go to extras. David Robinson comes in. David Robinson's been pretty solid for us. He's been doing his thing. We go to extras, and, you know, they have this ghost runner at second, you know, and extras to, you know, Kill the game fast. Blah, blah, blah. They're just changing the game. I hate it. All in all, the Ghost Runner steals third. The Mets have now allowed seven stolen bases in this entire game. This entire game, Mets allowed seven stolen bases. Robertson gets the pop-up, one out. Rays pinch it. And after getting ahead in the account, Robertson leaves the curves hanging. And Harold Ramirez hits a single up the middle. The Rays take a 6-5 lead. Rays get another run. 7-5. Mets up again, playing from behind. McNeil. Jeff McNeil hits a blooper. Nimmo is the ghost runner at second. He doesn't get sent. So he stops at third. I'm surprised he didn't get sent either. McNeil gets the blooper. Man on first and third. No outs. Lindor's up. He strikes out. Francisco Lindor strikes out. But guess what? Guess who's behind him? Pete Alonzo. Pete Alonzo. Big Meat Pete. Alonzo walks it off with a three-run bomb. A no-doubter off of a high cutter. Wow, man, was that a shot, man. Man, was that a shot. The kids, they kept us in it. Mark Vientos with a two-run bomb. Francisco Alvarez with a three-run bomb. And Pete Alonzo says, whatever you can do, I can do better. And Blagata. Busquela. My boy has a shot. Oh, my God. It was a bomb. Off of a high cutter. What a shot it was from Pete Alonzo to win this game. And let me tell you. This guy, Gary Cohen, he called it, man. He called it. He called it, man. If I'm going to tell you, oh, the dude called it. The dude called it. Here's the here's the audio. Oh, man, you guys heard that? That was just beautiful, beautiful call from, from Gary Cohen, man. One of the best announcers in the game. I want to be just like that guy. That guy's a Mets legend. But the, the Mets rely on the long ball to win them this game. Two from the kids, Mark Vientos, who just got called up. He's playing in his first game. Francisco Alvarez, who's been working uphill, working hard, grinding, getting good at bats, trying to get better. And one from the polar bear, Pete Alonzo, big me Pete, to win the game against the best team in the league thus far. The best team in the league. Mets go to 21 and 23, and they look to get the series W today. 
Great game by the New York Mets. Way to fight back. Way to show resilience and heart. Hopefully they can build on this win and take the Series W against the best team in the league and get some good momentum going on to get back in this playoff race and back on top. Good stuff by the New York Mets, man. Let's get into some Bible talk. Let's get it, baby. Yo, the episode's been flying along. You know, every episode is is just is, is fun, man. It's fun to do. And I love this, man. But we're going to get right into it, man. We're going to continue from the Lord's Word. Uh, that's a little episode that we put out, you know, just reading the Bible. So we're going to we're going to continue from that. We're on Genesis 18. Let's get right into it. Later, the Lord again appeared to Abraham near the oak trees of memory. It was the hottest part of the day and Abraham was sitting at the door of his of his tent. He looked up and saw three men standing in front of him. When he saw the men, he ran to them and bowed before them. Abraham said, sirs, please stay a while with me. Your servant, I will bring some water to wash your feet. You can rest under the trees. I will get some, I will get some food for you and you can eat as much as you want. Then you can continue your journey. The three men said, do as you wish. Abraham hurried to the tent. He said to Sarah, quickly prepare enough flour for three loaves of bread. Then Abraham ran to his cattle. He took his best young calf and gave it to the servant there. He told the servant to quickly kill the calf and prepare it for food. Abraham brought the meat and some milk and cheese and set them down in front of the three men. Then he stood near the men, ready to serve them while they sat under the tree and ate. Then the men said to then the men then the men said to Abraham, "Where is your wife, Sarah?" Abraham said, "She is there in the tent." Then one of them said, "I will come again in the spring." At that time, your wife will have a son. Sarah was listening in the tent and heard these things. Abraham and Sarah were very old. Sarah was past the right age for women to have children. So she laughed to herself and said, I am old and my husband is old and I am too old to have a baby. Then the Lord said to Abraham. Sarah laughed and said she was too old to have a baby. But is anything too hard for the Lord? I will come again in spring, just as I said I would. And your wife, Sarah, will have a son. Sarah said, I didn't laugh. She said this because she was afraid. The, then the Lord said, no, I know that is not true. You did laugh. Then the men got up to leave. They looked toward Saddam and began walking in that direction. Abraham walked with them to send them on their way. The Lord said to himself, should I tell Abraham what I'm going to do now? Abraham will become a great and powerful nation. And all the nations on earth will be blessed because of him. I have made a special agreement with him. I did this so that he would command his children and his descendants to live the way the Lord wants them to. I did this so that they would live right and be fair. Then I, the Lord, can give him what I promised. Then the Lord said, I've heard many times that the people of Saddam and Gomorrah are very evil. I will go and see if they are as bad as I heard. Then I will know for sure. So the men turned and started walking towards Saddam while Abraham stood before the Lord. Then Abraham approached him and asked, Will you destroy the good people while you are destroying those who are evil? What if there are 50 good people in that city? Will you still destroy it? Surely you will save the city for the 50 good people living there. Surely you will not destroy the city. You would not destroy 50 good people to kill all 
to kill those who are evil. If that happened, those who are good would be the same as those who are evil. Both would be punished. As the judge of the whole world, surely you would do the right thing. Then the Lord said, if I find 50 good people in Saddam, I will save the whole city. Then Abraham said, compared to you, Lord, I am only dust and ashes. But let me bother you again and ask you this question. What if there are less? What if there are five less than 50? Will you destroy a whole city because of five people? The Lord said, if I find 45 people good, 45 good people there, I will not destroy the city. And Abraham spoke again, he said. And if you only find 40 good people there, will you destroy the city? The Lord said, if I find 40 good people, I will not destroy the city. Then Abraham said, Lord, please don't be angry with me. But let me ask you this. If only 30 good people are in the city, will you destroy it? The Lord said, if I find 30 good people there, I will not destroy the city. Then Abraham said, Lord, may I bother you again and ask, what if there are 20 good people? Oh, this guy Abraham is trolling. The Lord answered, if I find 20 good people, I will not destroy the city. Then Abraham said, (laughs) please don't be angry with me. But let me bother you this one last time. If you find 10 good people there, what will you do? The Lord said, if I find 10 good people in the city, I will not destroy it. The Lord finished speaking to Abraham and left. Then Abraham went back home. We got this guy Abraham trolling God. Come on, man. We got this guy, Abraham, trolling God. Oh, Lord. Abraham, such a character. Such a character, that Abraham. That evening, the two angels came to the city of Saddam. Lot was sitting near the city gates and saw them. He got up and went to them. He bowed to show respect and said, Sirs, please come to my house and I will serve you. There you can wash your feet and stay the night. Then tomorrow you can continue your journey. The angels answered, No, we will stay the night in the city square. But Lot continued to ask them to come to his house. So they agreed and went with him. Lot gave them something to drink. He baked some bread for them, and they ate it. That evening, just before bedtime, men from every part of town came to Lot's house. They stood around the house and called to Lot. They said, Where are the two men who came with you tonight? Bring them out to us. We want to have sex with them. Uh Uh-oh. Lot went outside and closed the door behind him. He said to the men, No, my friends, I beg you. Please don't do this evil thing. Look, I have two daughters who have never slept with a man before. I will give my daughters to you. You can do anything you want to them. But please don't do anything to these men. They have come to my house and I must protect them. The men surrounding the house answered, Get out of our way. They said to themselves, This man, Lot, came to our city as a visitor, and now he wants to tell us how we should live? Then the med said to Lot, we will do worse things to you than to them. So the men started moving closer and closer to Lot. They were about to break the door down, but the two men staying with Lot opened the door, pulled him back inside the house, and closed the door. 
Then they did something to the men outside the door. They caused all these evil men, young and old, to become blind. So the men trying to get into the house could not find a door. Uh-oh. The two men said to Lot, Are there any other people from your family living in the city? Do you have any sons-in-laws, sons, daughters, or any other people from your family here? If so, you should tell them to leave now. We are going to destroy this city. The Lord heard how evil this city is, so he sent us to destroy it. So Lot went out and spoke to his sons-in-law, the men who had married his other daughters. He said, hurry and leave this city. The Lord will soon destroy it. But they thought he was joking. The next morning at dawn, the angels were trying to make Lot hurry. They said, this city will be punished. So take your wife and your two daughters who are still with you and leave this place. Then you will not be destroyed. You will not be destroyed with the city. When Lot did not move fast enough, the two men grabbed his hand. They also took the hands of his wife and his two daughters. The two men led Lot and his family safely out the city. The Lord was kind to Lot and his family. So after the two men brought Lot and his family out the city, one of the men said, Now run to save your life. Don't look back at the city and don't stop anywhere in the valley. Run until you are in the mountains. If you stop, you will, you will be destroyed with the city. But Lot said to the men, Sirs, please don't force me to run so far. You have been very kind to me, your servant. You have been very kind to save me, but I cannot run all the way to the mountains. What if I am too slow and something happens? I will be killed. Look, there is a very small town near here. Let me run to that town. I can run there and be safe. The angel said to Lot, Very well, I'll let you do that. I will not destroy that town, but run there quickly. I cannot destroy Saddam until you are safely in that town. That town is named Zor. Lot was entering the town as the sun came up, and the Lord began to destroy Saddam and Gomorrah. He caused fire and burning sulfur to fall from the sky. He destroyed the whole valley, all the cities, the people living in the cities, and all the plants in the valley. Lot's wife was following, was following, was following behind him and looked back at the city. When she did, she became a block of salt. Uh-oh. Damn. This is why you have to listen. Early the next morning, Abraham got up and went to the place where he stood before the Lord. Abraham looked down into the valley toward the cities of Saddam and Gomorrah. And he saw clouds of smoke rising from the land. Like smoke from a furnace. God destroyed the cities in the valley, but he remembered what Abraham said. So God sent Lot away from those cities before destroying them. Lot was afraid to stay in Zor, so he and his two daughters went to live in the mountains in a cave. One day, the older daughter said to the younger, Everywhere on the earth, men and women marry and have a family, but our father is old, and there are no men around here to give us children. So let's get our father drunk with wine. Then we can have sex with him. That way, we can use our father to keep our family alive. Oh my goodness. That night, the two girls went to their father and got him drunk with wine. The older daughter went and had sexual relations with him. He did not even know when she came to the bed or when she got up. The next day, the older said to the younger daughter, last night I went to bed with my father. Let's get him drunk. Let's get him drunk with wine again tonight. Then you can go and have sex with him. Uh-oh. 
in this way, we can use our father to have children and our family will not come to an end. So that night, the two girls got their father drunk with wine. Then the younger daughter went and had sexual relations with him. Oh my God. Again, Lot did not know when she came to bed or when she got up. Both of Lot's daughters became pregnant. Their father was their father of the babies. The older gave the older gave birth to a son. She named him Moab. She named him Moab. Moab is the ancestors of all the Moabites living today. The younger son, the younger daughter also gave birth to a son. She named him Ben-Ami. <laughs> Ben-Ami is the ancestor of the Ammonites living today. Whoa. Yo, I'm mind blown, guys. I'm mind blown the way these daughters think, the way they slept with their father to reproduce. Holy moly. Well, that is it, guys. That is it. We made it. We made it to the end of episode eight, man. Kobe number. Let's go. We made it. And I just want to say thank you, guys. Thank you. I'll never stop saying thank you. I'll never stop saying how grateful I am to have you here, to listen, to be with me, to to share with me. Yo, we got a lot of stuff. Yo, this, this is just the beginning, guys. This is just the beginning, you know. I haven't, I haven't put in a jingle, I haven't put in our theme song. I, I haven't had guests. I haven't had callers. There's just a lot of stuff we got to do, you know, to fully improve, man. And just, I'm just so happy, you know. I'm so happy I was able to get the episode eight out, or I'm pretty sure this is episode eight. I know I'm not bugging, but I'm, I'm just so happy, you know. Thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of Sports Wit Jesus. Thank you for everything. Um, I'll catch you guys in the next episode or maybe in the Lord's word too. Later, guys. Love you.